Hello guys, welcome to Fordsville. Um, today I'm here with... Hi guys, I'm Fabiana. Yay, Fabiana is one of my very close friends. And we're going to talk, talk about... Globalization and whether we think it's good or bad and how it's affected both of our lives and the world. Yes, exactly. Like, especially in the, time, in the times we live in, where there's always like this debate about globalization and protectionism, this is now like time to hear hear from like not the media but like human beings. <laughs> um, so sit back, enjoy, and enjoy Vaudeville. So before we dive into it, um, Fabiana will give us like a definition of globalization. So globalization is a process of interaction and integration among the people, companies, and governments of different nations. And my source for this is Globalization 101. Oh, that's a legit source, not like Wikipedia or something. <laughs> exactly. Or just Google. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, based on what I understand from it, it's like, uh, it's like a partnership between countries in relation to like their companies and and resources right Mm -hmm. yeah it's mainly like an economic trade between countries it's basically just like a way for different countries to be able to interact with one another and to prosper financially from it oh that makes a lot sense have you had like an experience with like i know a lot of people obviously globalization affects our lives well how has it affected your own life I mean, most personally for me, my dad works in an oil company Mm -hmm. and we're from Venezuela. But ever since I was really young, he's been moved around everywhere and my family has come with him. So he lived in Venezuela his entire life until he was about 20, 30, early 30s. And then after that, he was moved to Mexico, then Libya, then Singapore. And now we're here in the United States where I met Naomi. Oh, (laughs) that's so nice. Oh, so... Wait, your father was moved to Singapore for oil? Yes, yes. Oh, I thought... So... Oh, okay. I thought, like, Singapore doesn't have, like, natural resources. And, like, I don't know that, like, the only country... Yes. (laughs) Yes, no, so you're right. So my dad has been working with mainly, like, fracking, which is sand making. Mm -hmm. And he's been mainly doing, like, a managerial role ever since he moved to Singapore. And until now, but back in like Venezuela, Mexico, and Libya, he was working more with the actual resource of oil. Oh, okay. Because I was like, um, I think because apparently what I read is that Singapore's revenue most of it comes from tourism. Yeah. So not oil. I was like, wait, oil in Singapore? <laughs> yeah, no. The island is too tiny. Yes. It's impossible. Yeah. Um, but that's so nice. Um, but in that case, um. This is a little bit off globalization, but like if things like renewable energy is installed, does it really affect your father in a big way? Um, I wouldn't say that my dad has is in an age where it wouldn't affect him too much, but like basically the things that affect the oil economy right now aren't exactly renewable energy like those aren't things that he's been worried about or that his company has predicted to be worried about in the future like the things that they're mostly worried about are um kind of like taxations between countries like for example saudi arabia and the united states and 
like export and import of mm -hmm. oil from Saudi Arabia to here, especially since the United States is exporting more oil than ever before. Mm -hmm. And um, also, I mean, COVID-19, it's yeah. been, my dad has been seeing the most people let go in his company since maybe like 2014 when there was an oil crisis around the world and a lot of people were let go. But it hasn't been renewable energy okay. that I think has been on their minds. But it still all comes back to globalization because right now you talked about like the problem being like serious taxation between countries and yeah. countries like that some countries are now being protective over their natural resources because of like you know because of virus and all these kind of things. So like at the end of the day, in this effect, globalization is a good thing for your dad. Mm -hmm. Okay, that yeah. makes a lot of sense because people already say like oh you know our resources are better if we protect it. Like, we get more jobs if we have things in here, you know, than, you know, between countries and import, export, all those kind of things. And I don't know what your stance is on that, like, those kind of things. I mean, personally, I think that it all really depends on the type of industry that you're investing in in your country. Because, like, for oil... If your country as a whole can't produce enough oil to keep itself steady, like countries like the United States now, Saudi Arabia, Nigeria, mm -hmm. um, Venezuela, like those countries could make a living out of their own protectionist um, tendencies. But countries like Singapore would not be able to thrive in that environment. So I think it's all based on like what you invest in as the main producer of GDP in your country. But personally, I don't think the protectionist, um, what is it? The protectionist, <laughs> protectionist policies, <laughs> the, accent, <laughs> the accent came out. <laughs> My sister makes fun of that accent all the time. Like sometimes I'll pronounce things like E mm -hmm. because in Spanish, like it's pronounced like that. And my sister, since she's grown up speaking English like her entire life, like she always makes fun of it for me. <laughs> but the protectionist, um, policies i don't know i don't i don't personally agree with them what do you think naomi i mean i personally too i don't agree with them because i i've been to a few countries and those countries really try for globalization because like for example there's a whole like the trading deal in west africa really affects western african countries because countries as big as nigeria in a sense really help countries like the Gambia, which is a small country, um, not a lot of people know <laughs> about, but um, there's always like trade between natural resources. Like we get sometimes we get our cocoa from, you know, Ghana. They're like, oh, Ghana makes better cocoa, so we get cocoa from Ghana, and we give them like maybe oil because they, they don't have that much oil. But Ghana also known as Gold Coast, so we trade with them in terms of like gold and all those kind of things. So mm -hmm. it it really helps like my country, Nigeria with globalization but then it hurts in a way because because we rely on import and export of these certain goods and they are fluently coming in and out people don't know that these goods actually exist in the country so like right now we export a lot of oil so that the country's oil focused like yes we have oil we have oil producing nation and all these kind of things but then we also have an amount of cocoa but we are not harvesting cocoa because they're like, okay, yeah, we get that from Ghana anyway. You know, so it's just like there in a sense. But also, 
if we don't if we start like doing searches like okay maybe we think we have these natural resources or maybe we don't we don't know yet but um we're not pause like our oil production our oil exports just for the harvesting of these other resources we won't get revenue in a sense because uh, we are huge our gdp relies on the export of oil like that's like life so when it's like oil scarce still this an oil problem the country feels it like everybody feels it you know so mm-hmm. there's still the need for the you know globalization and i'm not going to stand like i guess stand in a way of say like protection protectionism is good because there are also like really bad effects for protection but wow <laughs> because when you can get a product for cheap by buying it from this other country but you're like oh you know we're going to be badass and just like do our own thing here things become very expensive you mm-hmm. know it becomes very expensive oh you can buy this you can buy corn from mexico but you're like no nah, no nah, we're not going to buy corn from mexico we're going to harvest our own corn yeah and they have to start this process and there will be corn scarcity and like people who love avocados here, you know, with the guacamole, most of your avocados are coming from Mexico. <laughs> that. that is because of globalization, you know. The whole of Chipotle is run by globalization, you know. Yeah. Just saying. Because I remember when there was like um, a problem between trade between US and Mexico, Chipotle was like, okay, now our guacamole is going to be more expensive. Like, oh, no. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Like, that's where you draw the line. Yes. Oh, guacamole? Expensive? <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> but um, it really helps. Even, like, clothes making. A lot of our clothes are obviously made in China. Like, if you don't have a clothes made in China, yeah. then you're either lying <laughs> or I don't know where you're getting your clothes from. But most of the clothes are made in China because of cheap labor, which is not good. That's a bad effect of globalization because mm-hmm. in China, people are paid way less and are, like work way more like some people work 14 hours a day and they get like two dollars or something like that so yeah. it's it's that's a very bad effect of globalization but yeah then, but it's oh no go ahead <laughs> <laughs> but then if you like measure it like good outweigh bad the good does outweigh some of the bad just yeah well um, yeah I think it's interesting because, like, you talk about how everything is made in China. And I've noticed that back in, like, the early 2000s, everything truly was made in China. But now, like, that we're approaching, like, 20 years after all of that, you see more clothes that are being produced in, like, Indonesia or Bangladesh or Vietnam. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting to see how, like, globalization can make one country's exports enrich a nation so much that they themselves, like, for example, China, everything was made in China, manufactured there, and then they exported everything out to other countries. And it enriched them so much that they themselves are, like, such a superpower now. Like, you'd say, like, back in, like, the Cold War, it was the U.S. versus Russia as the Mm -hmm. two world superpowers, but now it's mainly, like, China and the U.S. And so it's interesting to see how globalization can, like, enrich a country so much that you start seeing those same things happening in other third world countries Mm -hmm. and then you start to wonder like are those third world countries that are producing now like the made in vietnam and made in bangladesh like are they going to become so enriched in the future that they might also be able to become superpowers Hmm. you know that's like a very good question like what what is the future with like globalization like what like i can't like if we imagine the future of protectionism 
and future globalization like future i feel like it's brighter this is my personal opinion well mm-hmm. like maybe a listener doesn't agree and if you don't agree like <laughs> maybe text me if you have my number tweet me if you have my twitter or something try and get to me or just like <laughs> thinking your mind shouting your mind naomi what are you saying <laughs> i know um then you should kind of reach out some way and if you don't believe in and then we'll bring you on this podcast and talk about your own point of view but like it seems brighter with globalization like like because of globalization globalization there's a huge um like you won't say oh this country has this amount of population anymore everyone's not migrating up and down like oh like the way you've moved to so many countries mm-hmm. you know it, it makes sense like there, there are a lot of like people from china who have their companies right here in the u.s you know there's people from south korea who have their companies here even like like there are so many migrations happening which is bringing to light so much more like um talking points you know it's not like like, oh this country is based on these ideas anymore there are so many ideas Mm -hmm. so it's like i guess more colorful more yeah um inclusive that's the word yeah (laughs) inclusive Uh, i was looking for the word like colorful is not the right word (laughs) (laughs) colorful is not the right word let's use inclusive um but yeah i feel like i mean you have gone through series of experiences like You've been to Libya. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, like, the viewers, you, wait, the viewers can't see the smile that I just made, but it was like one of those like really awkward smiles. Yeah, like, like yep. yeah. <laughs> Libya. But you were in Libya during the um, Gaddafi regime, mm-hmm. which, because of sanctions, they didn't take part in this globalization. Yeah, so Libya, um, I lived in Libya between 2009 and early 2011 which I left right as the war was beginning in February of 2011. But during the time that I was there, it was really interesting to see how isolated the country itself was because of Gaddafi. Mm-hmm. Like, he didn't want his people kind of to know what was going on in the outside world, which is a tactic that I think is really common in countries with corrupt governments. Like, I know in no, Venezuela... Sorry. Yeah, like in Venezuela, they cut off the electricity at a certain time. You only get electricity for like six hours a day. And they control exactly what you see on TV just so that they can keep the population controlled. And when I lived in Libya, it was really interesting to see how everyone just didn't really know or didn't really care about like the outside world. And like I remember feeling... Like, I was I was only, like, 9 to 10 years old when I lived there, so it wasn't like I was, like, suffering a lot from it. But, like, for example, my mom, she told me that, like, it was really difficult for her because, like, the only times that you really got news from the outside world was when you, like, traveled to... We used to travel to Italy a lot, like, every, like, few months just because it was a respite from everything that was going on there. Mm-hmm. But, I don't know, I think it was really interesting to see how, like, when I left Libya, I didn't know a single, like, pop singer that existed. And I remember, like, starting sixth grade in Singapore, because we moved to Singapore right after Libya, and everyone was talking about, like, Taya Cruz and Dynamite, and then, like, did you hear Britney Spears' new song and stuff like that? And I was like, I have no idea what any of this means, because I completely missed out on everything. And we didn't really have YouTube either, or you couldn't really ask access, like, any social media sites. It's kind of like 
it was kind of controlled like in the way that china mm -hmm. controls their social media yeah but like at least with china you get like a sense of community within the country mm -hmm. but in libya i felt like it was really isolating i don't know if it's because we're immigrants it was probably because we were like foreigners in the country but like i don't know it was like a very it was very interesting to see how isolated a country could be like in the modern age where everyone is connected especially with the internet I don't look. I just remember. I don't, I don't know why it's playing in my head that you're like Britney Spears. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> like everyone knew Britney Spears. I'm like, well, oh, Fabiana. Yeah. Yeah. Spears and I, I love Britney Spears. As soon as I was in sixth grade, all I listened to was Britney Spears. So for me, that that was like a big thing. Uh, I, I guess maybe one of the obsession with Britney Spears is because you were, like, it was one of the first introduction into like life outside of. Isolation, Perhaps. You know? <laughs> You're like, oh, I'm free. And then the person's like, Britney Spears. Like, okay, Britney so, Spears. Yeah. So I remember like watching this show and then the, like they moved to America mm -hmm. from India. And so um, the, they, they bought their first house. And then you the U2 song, um, I've forgotten the U2 song, but um, um, this is a dream or something like that. This is a U2 song that I was playing. And the guy was like, what song is that? And then the, the lady was like, um, is it you two song? And like, increase the volume. And then he was dancing on his lawn. And like, it became like his favorite song because it was just that the first American, you know, experience he had in America. You know, so yeah. I guess that's why you're like. <laughs> yeah. And that reminds me of this like article that I read once about a North Korean defector mm -hmm. who, when he was being assimilated into like South Korean culture, they gave him jeans to wear and he like <laughs> talks about those jeans in the article like man like this is insane like i can't believe they gave us jeans and oh my god the entire time that i was reading the article i was like wow it's really like the simple things that you don't really think about that matter the most yeah I, that's like one of the bad effects of not having globalization like when you go the extreme and like protect your country so much that um well in this case it's more or less sanctions cause mm -hmm. that problem like sanctions in Libya and sanctions in obviously North Korea right now and sanctions in Venezuela right now sanctions in Iran um, because they don't feel that globalization those things are held back from their life and it feels like like this whole incomplete puzzle to them so when they leave they're like like you know like, <laughs> like a dream like okay I think I'm dreaming yeah. or something or like it's just like this big shock. Like you just saw a rainbow for the first time. Like, <laughs> oh my goodness, that exists. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you you're bringing a good point, honestly. Because now that I'm thinking about it, like such extreme protectionism, mm -hmm. I think is really just impossible. Like in this day and age, like you just cannot isolate yourself from the world when everyone is so interdependent from each other yes like it's not only i think it's not only that like it poses a setback to the citizens of the country but a country that is so isolated like now in this day and age would become like an enemy of the world if they were so isolated because like you just if you don't depend on anyone else other than yourself it gives you like too much power in the global system yeah that makes sense makes sense that makes a lot of sense yeah. but i feel like <laughs> there, there are like bad effects of globalization i mean the olden times the reason why they're not like 
people were open to globalization is to, to get more land especially the UK mm. the UK oh my god the British Empire <laughs> we could have an entire episode <laughs> on the UK I know the British Empire <laughs> wow like if you look at the countries they colonize they colonize almost the whole world like not yeah. not even joking people yeah the empire where the sun never sets yes and it's just so interesting because then you'd be like oh yeah i'm team globalization but then i mean right now because now things are a little bit more established like countries know okay this is me and my stuff so mm-hmm. back away <laughs> and they like social media too like if you try if a country tries to colonize the country and it trends going to be a problem like they're going to be yeah. like oh um uk is over party <laughs> <Not too yet>. <laughs> <laughs> however that they, they do on twitter nowadays yeah but, um, people will start protesting and all this kind of thing but then they're like oh we're globalizing we're looking for spice let's get spice but it's not is it it became a one-way relationship because we're just taking spice from countries but not giving mm-hmm. them anything we don't like oh yeah we'll give you christianity and we give you clothes <laughs> And we give you disease. <laughs> and like, oh, I guess this is two-way thing, you know. But it really wasn't. But right now, it's like advanced. It's a two-way thing. Um, yeah. Most countries, I mean, I said, kind of like questioning Panama in a sense. Because, you know, the whole thing about the Panama Canal. and um, Like when, Panama didn't get anything in return? No, no. It's like they globalize like now let's say panama wants them from the u.s um u.s obviously mm-hmm. gives them but then you're like oh you owe us you know and so that's holding about why they um the u.s how u.s got the panama canal because the panama canal belongs to the u.s now not panama <laughs> um mm-hmm. because you begin to all big countries because globalization is good but then how are the smaller countries treated because you're like yeah. bigger countries be like oh yeah we give you this you owe us we're bugs and then to pay back is hard for these countries because how will they get the money to pay back and they're like, oh yeah, you owe us money, you owe us, so therefore you should give us your ships or whatever for free. <laughs> you should give us half of your country for free, you know. It also has this effect on smaller countries. But then it also has good effects on smaller countries. Like the way you talked about like Sri Lanka and Vietnam probably becoming world powers if they keep it this way. But it's, it's a slippery slope. Yeah, I agree. In my globalization class this semester, we talked a lot about how um, China is investing in businesses Mm -hmm. in the African continent and how it's like, I mean, it's investing, obviously, so that it can get um, a part of the profit that African countries make. And so like you, like those African countries are going to become indebted Mm -hmm. to China in the long run and it's gonna be like it's really difficult to be able to get out of such death like a relationship mm-hmm. yeah so you're like dead forever like yeah and then you because i recently you know because i for some odd reason i stumbled on conspiracy videos i don't know why <laughs> i just haven't been really good <laughs> well, people who have different thoughts on things but um they were like oh yeah now china my own madagascar i'm like hmm Madagascar. <laughs> Why? And like, yeah, for what reason? <laughs> I mean, Madagascar has a very good like. Think of Madagascar, the like the cartoon where you like saw <laughs> yeah. the, the lemurs. They have a lot of lemur population, for all, <laughs> maybe for lemurs. But um. But uh, they said because Madagascar now owes 
owes a lot of money to China. I don't know how accurate that is. I think do my own research. Um, mm-hmm. or, yeah, I was thinking of countries like Madagascar that is not really that known and not really that except being like the you draw Africa and you draw Madagascar <laughs> in the map because it's so small and it's separated from the Africa continent itself. The big yeah. Island. So that's how people know Madagascar and also the cartoon. That's another reason why people know Madagascar. <laughs> but um, uh, countries like this, how they thrive, how are they able to pay back, you know? And obviously, they're aiming for Africa because Africa has like a lot of countries with corrupt issues in terms of like mm-hmm. global powers. They're looking for more vulnerable countries, you know? Yeah. To do that with where they are not strong in a sense of saying, like, okay, yes, you give us this, but you also, we also need, need this in return, you know? Um, it's more just like they are, they are, because there are countries in Africa where someone has been present for over 30 years. Like, mm mm-hmm. 30 years like that's older than me like yeah <laughs> if you've been present for one country for that long oh god um but yeah so so much upheaval happening in some parts of africa like protesting and all those kind of things and deaths and so it's like some parts of it are like really weak in a sense and so mm-hmm. they try to penetrate that's why i kind of imagine china doing and try to expand the economy more or less yeah so they can able to like you know go against the United States because right now the aim is apparently to go against the United States <laughs> yeah and I mean the United States has been the global power mm-hmm. for like ever not for ever. as long I mean, the British, I mean not ever the British Empire will be like yo sis okay like <laughs> in modern times in modern times yeah in modern times <laughs> <laughs> which like if you think about it you know how we talk about globalization and how go- the globalization is like the sharing of information between like different countries mm-hmm. like i think that in the 90s and the early 2000s i think it was more like americanization rather than globalization that was happening because like american culture is so permeated around the world that it's like you know how english is like the common tongue mm-hmm. i don't know if that originated from like the british or if it's also because of the americans that that happened i like to think <laughs> it's a british thing because i mean look at all the countries that come at least at one point like those people yeah. dispersed because the con- my country is surrounded by french countries mm-hmm. but once it gets border they speak english like in my country you know um mm-hmm. like at the border of like the french country and the like english and french um colonized nations um mm-hmm. anglophone and francophone countries you see at the border most of them speak english so it's like yeah because the british hmm, they did a they did they did they everyone did their thing. dirty like, <laughs> it's like they went all the way to like new zealand um very yeah. far um australia taking up a lot of you know islands and all this kind of thing so english became like the prominent language like french didn't colonize enough countries to have french <laughs> At least they tried. <laughs> they At have least some they tried. countries. That's they have true. some countries. You know, but I guess the most country with the most language is still China because Chinese because of China. Mm-hmm. Because China has three point something billion people, so it's understandable. But one has thing, how many billion people? Three point something billion people. They have three point billion people. Yes. Really. I remember that. Well, I mean, well, twenty years ago, it was only one billion people, but <laughs> I'm actually quite impressed. Oh, one point three billion. 
All you say, wait, are you, wait. I, I mean, you got the three, right? 1.3. How many is in India then? India is 1.3 billion also. Well, what? Is but that... China, China is higher with 1.39 and India has 1.35. How is that? Wait, hold on. I'm going to like... <laughs> Oh, listeners, <laughs> give us a moment. Technical difficulties. We're double checking our facts. Yeah. Oh, friendly, it's one point five. Why did they think of three point something? Why did they get three point something billion from? That really scared me. I mean, I was like, wait, isn't that normal? But then I think it was like one point three, and I just took the three. But I was like, yeah, there are three point seven billion people in China. But thank God, like, Valtteri, you guys saved me from embarrassing myself. I was like, the listeners right here. <laughs> but yeah, one point something. Wow. That's a lot of people. But yeah. yeah, it's the most popular. Like, and by the way, India too. Speaks English yeah. mostly because of the British. Yeah, the British. <laughs> so like, there are more yeah. English speaking people outside of England because of England's <laughs> colonization. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's one of it. But also American culture influence that because even at that in china you see a lot of people singing maria carey in like yeah right places you see a lot of people singing taylor swift you know yeah so it's i think entertainment culture mm-hmm. like entertainment culture is super important nowadays and it's because, very globalized like, yeah and because we have so much leisure time we can just spend our time like listening to any entertainment or watching any entertainment we want and then the United States like dominates the entertainment industry mm-hmm. around the world. Yeah. So, but South you know, it's coming up though. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I was gonna say too. <laughs> They're yeah. coming up. I mean, I don't listen to any of their music. Sorry, <laughs> I don't listen. Well, <laughs> I do. I know. I know you do like K-pop. <laughs> well, I don't listen to any of their music, but I do watch their movies, a lot of them, and their shows. So mm-hmm. that's. I mean, recently I I introduced my mom to boys. Before flowers, oh, boys over flowers, yeah. which actually was old. It was two thousand nine. Yeah, yeah. My mom watched it and she said that she loves it so much, so much better than the modern dramas nowadays. Uh, and I'm really? like, really? <laughs> I don't think so because there's some eye roll moments that I was like, yeah, and the know. and the guys as well are yeah, too aggressive, exactly. and the girls act like they don't actually <laughs> like the guys. Oh no, anything like, yeah. There's absolutely no expression. <laughs> it's it's just like. I, I was watching because like, I know one of my friends was so obsessed with them like oh I'm going to marry Lee Mi Hoon I was like who? <laughs> <laughs> I was like who the heck is that? and like true when I was growing up I was like I refuse to watch K-dramas because of the obsession you know I was more mm. or less like okay no one can trump one direction like anyone who comes and say oh yeah um, South Korean boys are fine I'm like no <laughs> no <laughs> all of one direction members are way fine the South Korean <laughs> but um i watched it recently but i'm, I'm kind of over my one direction phase mm. kind of but like, <laughs> well did you hear that they're trying to come back together i'm like yeah uh, <laughs> i finally get the chance to maybe go for a concert i mean <laughs> i always wanted to but the closest i've been to them is their wax figures which is like they hugged it before it came on display <laughs> so like i indirectly hugged them that works fine by me um but um music has really globalized our nations like now in like places that have sanctioned problems like sanctions and stuff like that or protectionism they don't have the opportunity like like you said britney spirit (laughs) well 
I will make a case for that. Like, Livia, <clears throat> Livia during Ramadan season, they had this one commercial that would come on every year, and the background music for the commercial was a Pitbull song. It's and the Pitbull song, the Pitbull song was totally inappropriate for <sighs> Ramadan, but they never realized it. They just liked the sound of it. Oh, but it reached it reached i think music is one of the most important things in globalization exactly i mean well i mean pitbull calls himself mr worldwide exactly so like he is really worldwide <laughs> yeah <laughs> well, I guess, he reaches everywhere yeah i guess because they didn't even understand the language i don't know yeah do they and don't to be ignorant i know they don't speak english in libya they speak so, arabic yeah so i'm yeah. gonna be like hey do they speak english i know they don't speak english <laughs> But I mean, I'm sure there are some people who speak English, but like the person who chose the song will just, I guess, yeah. prank on the whole country, like, oh, hey, you guys don't understand English, let's do this. Like, <laughs> but um, that's fine. Uh, but did you speak Arabic when you were there? I mean, I, well, I went to, I went to two schools, and in the two schools, they allowed us to take foreign languages, and I did Arabic for like half a semester. And then I quickly switched because it was too difficult to do the writing. Like, I genuinely do not understand how people could do the writing. Like, I admire the people who can write in Arabic because that's super, super hard. But I switched to French, which oh, was way easier. Yeah. I know they do speak French there too. I mean, it's close to Morocco, Algeria. Um, Tunisia. Tunisia and all those countries. And Tunisia is right next to colonized Libya. Colonized France. <laughs> yeah. France. <laughs> France. <laughs> oh my god. But um well it's interesting that you said Arabic is hard for you because you take Chinese now. Yeah. And Chinese is hard. I think it's way easier. Really? I'm gonna be honest. It's for me it's way easier than Arabic in terms of pronunciation mm. and even written. And I don't know if it's because I was really young when I was learning Arabic that I couldn't distinguish like the written language. But, like, for me, Chinese... I mean, I started Chinese when I was in sixth grade. So I wasn't that much older. When I when I was doing Arabic, I was in fourth grade. But, I don't know. I think Chinese... I think, for me, Chinese has... Like, the characters are based on actual visual cues. Like, a mountain... Mm-hmm. Like, a mountain character will be based on and adapted from the actual figure of a mountain over time. Oh. So... I think it's much easier to make sense of in that sense. Okay. And like Arabic has a lot of like guttural sounds, mm-hmm. like deep in the throat, mm-hmm. just like French. And like there are certain French words that I cannot for the life of me pronounce because French of that has sound. guttural sounds? Like you know the R that they do, that they do it deeper in the throat? It's not like, like in Spanish, we do the R like, and we do it like right at the tip of our tongue. Yeah. But then the R in French, it's like a softer thing, and it's more like, yeah, like you don't, you don't, most times don't even pronounce it. Yeah. So yeah, like, but you still make that uh, sound, and it's impossible doing? for me. What I, what I, <laughs> I actually know how to do a French accent because I had to be in a play where I had to do French accent. Oh, but my like, gosh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the play was like, oh, yeah, um, British people and a French person and mm-hmm. the only person who was like has a British accent they were like yeah you do the French thing and I was like okay. <laughs> <laughs> well it was fun I mean I learned a lot about the French accent I mean I already had a roommate who was 
French who didn't speak English and forced me to watch the Miserable and Mis- Minions in <laughs> French. <laughs> she's like, movie time. And she's so cute and so nice. And she's like, Aww. movie time. I'm like, okay, what are you watching? She's like, hey, Minions. I was like, what? Minions. I was like, okay, let's watch it. And I watch Minions in French. Like, to this day, I've not watched Minions in English. Oh my but God. Did you understand? I mean, I, I tried. But minions, they don't really speak English throughout because the Minions speak their own language. Yeah, that's which true. Which is like, I don't know if it's Spanish, but those things, I don't know what they speak. Um, but um, It's like a mix between like Spanish and gibberish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then she made me watch Les Miserables in... in sorry. In, in French. In French. <laughs> and then she made me read a book in French. Like, she was like, oh, and do book club, me, you. And I was like, oh, nice. Okay, let's do it. And then she's like, okay, I give you book. I was like, oh, nice. And then she gave me the book. And I was like, expecting maybe she needs me to develop her English. But no, the book was in French. I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then we talked about it. But her English got better. But the first thing she learned in English were cuss words, which wasn't my fault. It was another guy who kept on saying, oh, Rose, say this thing. And she's like, oh. And then she's cursing. And I was like, <laughs> You can't tell her that. Like, you, you are trying to let her learn English now. She's like, actually, you say to everybody, like, oh, this is this person. And she keeps cursing everybody. And uh, then, one of the top three <laughs> things that people learn. How to say hello and I'm fine and curse words. Yeah. And, like, how can I find something? And he told her that the best way to learn English is to watch South Park. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. And she watched the whole of South Park. And that girl's like, <laughs> English expert, like I was like, okay, say the English, and then she kept on saying the F word. I was like, oh my god, I mean, at least she was determined. <laughs> she was like, now she speaks fluent English. I was like, so proud of her. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, see, effect of globalization because she came from Congo to Ghana, and I was in Ghana from mm-hmm. Nigeria, and like I met people from different countries. Like, literally, this was a weirdest thing, but like, one of my friends, same guy saw this girl who is Asian and said ni hao and mm. she got pissed and turned I am not Chinese I was like oh. <laughs> yo <laughs> she was pissed you cannot you cannot do that she was so pissed like the way she just looked at us in dead eyes and I was like I wasn't the one who said ni hao to you I'm sorry but like I didn't say that but she's like I am not Chinese and then she walked away and then we found out she was from South Korea and I was like see you shouldn't do that but um i was able to meet people from germany you know globalization because we all bonded because of football oh yeah. <laughs> yeah football sports is another thing that yes. brings people from different countries together especially football. yeah like not the american world football, cup though, like <laughs> not american football but like <laughs> football um, football football yeah the world cup saudi Arabia plays in the world cup which is like iran mm-hmm. too plays the world cup so and they have a good team they have very good defense but like they have a good team and people watch Iran play, you know. This is some people's first glimpse of someone from Iran. People mm-hmm. from Iran, so that, that's it. But this was fun. We talked a lot <laughs> outside of globalization, inside of music, entertainment, everything. And talking to you is just so easy. Um I'm glad. <laughs> yeah. For you too. It's really easy for you too. Yeah, it's so easy and and always fun. Like I always learn something like after I finished talking to Fabiana, like <laughs> always a new thing i learn and it's so exciting like this i think will be my longest podcast because this yay <laughs> we set our records <laughs> i think i have to make sure that it's not the longest podcast i haven't done one that's way more than this but 
this this has been so much fun and thank you for agreeing to come you know listen thank you so much for inviting me <laughs> yay i mean we did it virtually and it worked you know yes so, look at that <laughs> technology helping yes um so this was fun um i hope you have a great day and to what would you say to all my listeners you know listeners you've got a good podcast here <laughs> please appreciate it please show it some love and thank you so much for having me oh you're welcome so goodbye enjoy your day bye my listeners au revoir to the french people i think i have french listeners i don't know you. i do yes <laughs> <laughs> um um how do you say in spanish I, I, uh, I adios i just finished spanish class <laughs> Adios, um, Miss Amitos. Ciao. Ciao. In Sayonara. Sayonara. Uh, see, globalization, you know. Exactly. And what do they say in Chinese? Zaijian. Oh, yes, what she said. <laughs> or just bye-bye. They say bye-bye? Yeah, they have characters for it, too. Oh, is it waving? Oh, no. <laughs> you said I, I was waving. <laughs> I was oh, waving while I was okay. saying that, but... <laughs> okay, bye.